Um, the passage we're going to look at is Mark 7, verses 1 to 23. Uh, so let me read that first. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of the disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Now, let me explain. Matthew Henry points out that the scribes and the Pharisees used to cruise around the countryside keeping country preachers in order. It was uh, a high control exercise. And this is what they were doing here. They were exercising their authority, came across Jesus, said, your disciples are doing the wrong thing. Because the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. Notice that phrase, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according, there it is again, to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? So they felt, we've got this country preacher, we put him in his place. But Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules, tradition of the elders. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the human traditions. Now Jesus, in this second phase, points out how inconsistent they were in terms of obeying the word of God. He continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. See, there it is again, traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is korban, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down, and you do many things like that. And Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. And after he left the crowd, notice that, there's the kind of scribes and the Pharisees, then it scrolls down to just the crowd and then to the disciples only. I'll come back to that later. After he left the crowd and entered his house, the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Why are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters into a person from the outside can defile them? which is, for someone who eats a lot of Chinese food, encouraging. For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. By saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. But then these last few verses, he went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, Murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. 
All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Okay, so let's have a simple summary again. What Jesus is saying here is, number one, the scribes and the Pharisees find fault with him. Number two, Jesus corrects them by pointing out their wrong sources. They were drawing from tradition that had been handed down, not from the word of God. And number three, he clarifies the real issue, which is inside out and back to front. Now, I, I, uh, after I'd been given this passage, I actually read it for the first time, well, not for the first time, but to prepare on a flight, a long flight. We do a lot of long, long flights. And as I read through it, I thought, help. <laughs> that is obvious. It's a great passage, but how do you preach out of that? Now, let, let me make an observation. The difficult passages are the ones we need to spend time with. Kind of, there are certain passages that each of us finds easy. Those are good, but they're not the ones we need to spend our time on. We need to spend our time working on the ones that weren't easy. And as we came into land in Hong Kong, somewhere around there, the Lord dropped something into my mind. And that's the way I'm gonna go. It's to ask questions to you and to me out of this passage. So the first question is, what is your message? What is your message? See, the scribes and the Pharisees, their message was pride, was rejection of the word of God and Jesus. It was hostility. It was put down, etc. What's my message? What's your message? What comes out of us? What, what do people get when they meet us? They, they had come 80 to 100 miles, according to Matthew Henry, 80 to 100 miles to attack Jesus. Can you imagine that? They went all of these miles just to attack Jesus, just to put Jesus in his place. And as somebody wrote, making that trip would have been commendable had it been to sit at the feast of Jesus, not to attack him. What is my message? What do people get when they touch me? What do they get when I bump into someone and we start talking? Am I looking for a way to tell them how bad they are? Am I looking for a way to show them whatever, or am I reflecting the love of Jesus to them? We live in a world, Christine and I, where I work in a 12-story church office. I consult in Taiwan. The main minister is in China, but in Taiwan, I consult for a church of over 10,000 people. And every day I go in the office, well, every working day that I'm in Taipei, I go in the office and I get in the lift, and my office is on the 11th floor. And I'm the only Caucasian in the entire building. Everybody else is Chinese, except for one or two Filipinos, because they have a Filipino service and I think an Indonesian service. But on my floor, where there are about 40 people working, everybody else is Chinese. So obviously our work is in Chinese, it isn't in English. But the point is this, I'm the only Caucasian that they're gonna meet that day. Now, granted, most of them are Christians. If I get in a taxi, I'm the old man out. So what are people going to get from me? 
how am I going to use that opportunity to, that my message should be of the love of Jesus? See, I, I think all of us, in one way or another, should have two kinds of messages. The first kind of message is simply sharing the love of Jesus. And granted, that's a lot easier for me than it is for most of you. Because if I get in a taxi and start speaking Chinese, it's very easy for me because they're quite surprised, even today, if I speak Chinese to them, because it's reasonably fluent. They're quite surprised. And they say to me, uh, when do you come to Taiwan? And I say, which means the 58th year of the Republic, which is 1969. And that gets attention. I mean, I, I, I had a little operation in Taiwan a few months ago. And the head of the hospital who was doing the operation is a great guy. He, he said, uh, oh, I was in your country recently. He said, I went to Cambridge. I said, well, actually, I graduated from there. And from that moment, apart from carving me open, the subject in his mind was, why would you come to Taiwan in 1969? Was it because your country was powerful? I said, no, not at all. It was because of Jesus. And when he came to see me the day after the operation, that's still working in his mind. So by the time he dismissed me from the hospital, he managed to say, God bless you, <laughs> though he wasn't a Christian. You see, in, in whatever way we're doing it, we're trying to communicate the love of Jesus. Let, let me give you a clue. The easiest way to do that is to be interested in the other person. Is, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, in terms of sharing with them. Most people, not the least Taiwanese taxi drivers, have a need to talk about themselves. Now, that's the first thing. It's, it's, the message is Jesus. In whatever context, and there's a huge amount, street preachers is, is one context. King's Table is another context. People you work with in the, in the office is another, another context. But there's a second area of message, and that's what God has called us specifically to do. Can, can we just clip to the two photographs? Um, this is last Sunday night in Taipei. I got up about four o'clock, I got on the high-speed train, it goes about 220 kilometers an hour, went to the south of the island to preach, and they told me, actually, you're preaching twice. Got back in the train at three o'clock, went back to Taipei, and it was the graduation service of the School of Missions that Christine and I started which started from a little thing into a big, big group. You probably can't see it, but I'm sitting in the front row because I'm the, the Yuanzhang, I'm the school principal, if we clip to the next one. So uh, in that context, not only is my calling and Christine's calling to work with Chinese, we are called at this time to challenge the Chinese church to involve in cross-cultural mission because this is the day when we'll see not just Brits and Americans and Australians and Kiwis going on cross-cultural mission. It's a day when we're going to see the Asian church, the Korean church, particularly the Chinese church, going out to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And really what my world is, quite simply there, is I just want anyone who sees me, who's heard me speak, to think mission, cross-cultural mission. 
That's, that's my specific calling, apart from the general Jesus one. Now, yours is going to be quite different, but each of us, I believe, should be pursuing what is it that God is calling us to do. It may be the, family in the families in the street, maybe kids in the school that you meet at the school gates. It may be street preachers. It may be all kinds of things. But, but I, I want to suggest to you that in pursuing Jesus, in following him, if I'm clear on that second message, that particular calling, it, it enables me to walk much closer with Jesus than I would if I didn't know that. Because you see, it's not just me. It's the people I'm responsible for. Okay, second question. First question, what's your message? The second question is, what do you see? What do you see? Let me explain that. The Pharisees looked at the disciples and said, these guys didn't wash their hands properly. Jesus looked at the disciples and said very simply, I see a group of people who are going to change the world. Two different groups of people looked at Jesus and the Pharisees, looked at the same group of people and said, completely different things. One condemned and one praised. One saw a bunch of ragtag guys who had no qualifications to be doing what they were doing. Jesus saw Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Now which do we see when we look at people? There are people, if we know and love Jesus, if we follow him, there are people in our sphere that if we can see them as Jesus sees them, then we will be able to invest in their lives and see them change. I, I love Barnabas in the New Testament. And in Acts 11, it says this, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Well, you may say, surely everybody full of the Holy Spirit is a good man. No. What, what does a good man mean? A good man means when, when he got to, uh, Barnabas went to Antioch in Acts 11, almost the first thing he did was to go and get Paul from Tarsus, bring him back to Antioch, and spend a whole year with him, teaching and training him. Now, Paul had a habit that some of us don't have, which he did what he was told. In Acts 9, the Jerusalem leadership said, look, you're going to create trouble. You're going to get another martyrdom. So just go back home to where you belong, to Tarsus. The, the Jerusalem church respected him, but felt we don't have any vision for your calling, particularly because you say you're called to reach Gentiles, not Jews. Barnabas was a good man. So as soon as he had position in the Antioch church, he took off to get Paul, brought him back to Antioch in Acts 11, this is Acts 11, 19 to 26, worked with him, and in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit said, as they prayed and fasted, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas to the work, or Barnabas and Saul, to the work to which I've called them. See, Barnabas saw something, because he was a good man, he saw something the others didn't see. He saw 
that God's call on Paul was real, but Paul needed time with Barnabas to be released into that call. May, may I suggest, if you're following Jesus, whether that's been for three weeks or ten years, there are people in your sphere that God wants you to be Barnabas's to. That God wants you to mentor, to encourage. See, for many of us, and that is so in our world actually, for many of us, the people we touch will be greater than us in the kingdom. That, that's always been one of the great convictions that Christine and I have, that as we work amongst Chinese people, we will see people released who are able to do stuff that we can't do. You know the old saying that the next generation, their floor is your ceiling. And that's, at the age of 75, I've got to be quite honest, that's the most exciting thing going. Because if it's all limited to me, we're in trouble. If, it's, if, if I can use what I have to the next generation, I, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. We were in Invercargill. We go to New Zealand every year because we've just been in the whole of May. Because in uh, Auckland, there are 60 Chinese churches. So we minister and work mainly amongst the Chinese churches. And we were right down south. If you know New Zealand, North Island, South Island, uh, right down south, there's a place called Invercargill. We were in a meeting there, and we went for a meal, and there's only one person in the restaurant. It was a Chinese girl who was the waitress. Well, bingo. So we start you know, sharing Jesus with her. And she said, I'm a Christian. And she started crying. She said, I can't get a good job. I said, well, let's pray. So we all gather around there because nobody else was there and prayed in the restaurant. You know, you move on. You're leaving Invercargill the next day. Go back to Christchurch or Wellington or Auckland. A year later, because we go down the same time every year, I was preaching at a big Chinese church in Hamilton, which is in the North Island, miles away. If there are any Kiwis, tell me how far Invercargill is from Hamilton. A thousand kilometers or whatever. I'm preaching in a big Chinese church and somebody comes up at the end of the service and says, Nijitawama, do you remember me? I do not like people doing that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. Out of the 50,000 Chinese I've met, I remember everyone crystal clear. But my wife is better at these things than I am. She said, it's the girl from Invercargill. And it was. She said, it was a Chinese service. She said, as soon as you got up to speak, I remembered you said, I just want you to know I've found a good job and I'm living here now. But you know what the real key was? It's the first time she'd ever been to that church. So as the preacher, I go to the leadership and say, you need to care for this girl. Another quick example. We were uh, down there in May, as I say, and Murray Cameron, the guy who runs the ministry down there, he said, we're going to a meeting on Saturday at a big Chinese church in Christchurch. He said, you went there last year and we shared together. He said, most of the people were in tears at the end of the meeting, which was news to me. I'm kind of insensitive at times to that thing. Or maybe I was talking about something or thinking about dinner or whatever. But he said they were in tears and 13 of them signed up to go to mission trips to China. Eight of them, their parents wouldn't let them go. Now, these are ethnic Chinese, Mark you. Seven of them went, including one guy who was an absolute pain in the neck. And he got changed on that mission trip to China and has such a passion for mission that they had to put him on the mission committee to keep him quiet. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That 
when, when we look at people, if we can adopt this, there are people we meet that we can be keys to releasing them into an eternal identity and purpose. The Pharisees saw rubbish. Jesus saw the people of, that were going to lead the church. Okay, number three. Got to get a move on here. Number three, how is your heart? Question number three, how is your heart? What, what do I mean by that? If we go down to one. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus looked at religious leaders. He didn't look at their clothes or their garments or their position or their titles or their whatever. He looked at their hearts and said, this people. Do you know it's a scary thing? They worship me in vain. Can I, can I say something about, you, you may find this incredibly prejudiced, but let me risk it anyway. I love Hillsong worship. I love Brooke, whatever her name is, um, the blonde girl. I, worship team, do you know what her dad did? Where is the worship team? Do you know what her dad did? Her dad was an all-black rugby player. Bet you didn't know that. Brooke Fraser was the name, was a popular singer, and is now with Hillsong. She, um, she has a song which is an absolutely beautiful song. It's uh, New Wine, not, not your new wine. Uh, it, it's about, I came to this world and I had nothing. Everything I have is yours. Lord, take my life and crush my grapes to bring new wine. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever known. The interesting thing is, there's a Hillsong clip on YouTube where she sings it and then they interview her. She blew my mind with what she said. She said, I didn't write this for public performance. I wrote that for my worship time with the Lord. That really blew my mind. That what you see when she worships is outflow. Another, another quick example. When I was uh, Taiwan oh, 40 years ago, I had a 600cc Honda. And that was a car, not a motorbike. And in those days, it was before the highways, so you had single, quite dangerous roads. So I would put on tapes, and I'm listening to a tape of this guy preaching, American guy, and he starts on about some people's sport is idolatry. You're coming under conviction here. Um, he said, you watch all these sports games, you shouldn't do that. And I'm coming under huge conviction as I drive along. And then he says, he says, cameras. He said, any, some of you don't know what cameras are. They were things you had before iPhone and Samsung. Um, he, he said, any good camera I've bought. And I thought, gotcha. Not interested in cameras. And I felt, what he's doing is the things he doesn't like is sin. The things he does like is not sin. Lord, help us to see that it's from your perspective, not our perspective. So how is our heart? Is it, is it being internally changed by the Holy Spirit? Let me slip down one and apply this in another way. Next question. Do you have any exceptions? We, we just read out that 
uh, passage that Jesus gave us. Out of a per, um, for it is within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Now, look at the list. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed. You say, well, I, I, I could see the immorality bit or the murder bit, but greed, malice. Malice means evil speaking behind someone's back. Deliberately tearing them down. Deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. Pride. Pride and just being foolish, just being stupid. Do I have any exceptions? Do I say, well, well let me give the example that's most obvious to me. David Pawson, if you know who David Pawson is, we took his Unlocking the Bible, which is an excellent summary of each book of the Bible, and we, we had it put into China and into Taiwan, broadcast and so on. And within a month, 40 Chinese websites had stolen the material, which shows you how much it was needed. Now, David Pawson once wrote a book or he wrote the manuscript of a book. I have no idea what it was on. But he sent it to some Christian leaders in the UK saying, please would you read this because I don't want to say anything that is contrary to scripture. If there's anything that I've said that's contrary to scripture, please would you let me know. And uh, I heard him say this. One guy wrote back and this is what he said. He said, everything you've said is according to scripture and this is a Christian leader. Everything you've said is according to scripture, but th this bit doesn't apply to me. The Lord has told me I'm excluded from that part of scripture. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Please, Lord, don't, don't let me get into that. Don't let me say this is okay for me. I've seen that in horrible situations, actually, over the years. The word of God is the word of God and every word of it applies to me as much as it does to you. Because I've served the Lord for over 50 years, that doesn't mean to say that I can be slippery with the word of God. And can I suggest this as someone who doesn't live in this country? Probably there's no other time when our moral, ethical views need to be founded from the word of God no more and more important time than there is now. Just because I have Holy Spirit experiences, and I, please don't misunderstand me, we need more of the Holy Spirit, we really do. That doesn't mean to say that I can live in a way that isn't consistent with the Bible. Because if I do, this is my experience, sooner or later, God will expose it openly. And what's more, God doesn't seem to care about the honor of his name in the way that we do. So he exposes it openly in, in every country, in every way. A big situation just broke in the States recently. We need, brothers and sisters, to read the word of God, consistently to read the word of God and allow the spirit of God to apply the truth of the word of God to us. And if I'm just floating in Trinity meetings and um, 
Holy Spirit experiences and going to conferences, but I'm not spending time in the hidden place in the Word of God, I, I want to suggest I'm in trouble. About 10 years ago, we went and did a school of missions in northwest China. That is training Chinese people to go out with the gospel into minority groups in China, of which there are 400 or so, and then out of China to other nations. And the leader of the work, it's a group of about 50,000 people, he said to me, would you come and pray for my baby? I've just had another child. I'd like you and your wife to come and pray for my baby. I don't really do praying for babies, especially in China because it means going into a private house or flat, actually, apartment, which has high risk. But in that culture, I couldn't really say no. Because it would be highly offensive in Chinese culture for me to say, no, I don't want to do that. So I said, okay, we'll do it. And we went to his house and the door opened and his wife was uh, what they called Zuo Yezi. In other words, they have a month where they're not allowed out of the flat and they're actually not even supposed to wash and so on. It's part of Chinese culture. I don't really get it, but it is. There certainly wouldn't be a four-day-old four baby in the church, that's for sure. And she looked at me and she said, well, Renshini, I know you. And I'm thinking, really? All foreigners look alike, clearly. She said, no, 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 I've seen you on Christian TV. And then she said, I was going to abort this baby, but the Holy Spirit led me to Christian TV from Taiwan. That's where she saw me. It wasn't me speaking, it was somebody else speaking. She said, a Taiwanese pastor preached that abortion is wrong and I heard the word of God and so I've had this baby. Do you know what I thought? I thought, praise the Lord for that brother and for her seeing that. But she's over 50,000 people with her husband. That's how many there are in that network or were at that time. How come she didn't know the word of God? Dear ones, are there exceptions? Okay, the final question and it's an equally important one. Am I accountable? Am I open to correction? What was the problem with the Pharisees here? That they reckoned they had the truth and they wouldn't hear what Jesus said. They wouldn't listen to what Jesus said. They, they, they were so full of themselves that they couldn't hear what Jesus said. Something very interesting, the, 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 this question, am I accountable? There is no word for accountable in the Chinese language. Just doesn't exist. And that's a very interesting statement about a culture, isn't it? It means you have a top-down hierarchical system, but not a voluntary accountability, because I believe that's a biblical concept. It comes out of a time when this nation engaged with the Bible and saw that a safe place is the place of accountability. What does it mean? It means I allow people to speak into my life. First one is husband and wife. Husband and wife, because wives know husband like nobody else does. But then in church, in the group we're in, in special friends, there need to be people who have the right to speak into our lives. Because otherwise, we get like the Pharisees. We get, I'm correct, and I'm six foot above correctability. So could I ask, dear ones, is there anyone who can speak into your life? 
Is there anyone who can challenge your views and your conduct? See, a lot of times I feel when stuff goes down in churches, how come nobody said anything or did anything? Having accountability is a very, very precious thing. See, in conclusion, let, let me say this. The, the three groups here. There's the Pharisees and the scribes and Jesus, and they missed the boat altogether. There's also the crowd. The crowd heard Jesus, but they didn't stay with it. And then, do you remember, as I was reading the passage, it says, Jesus went into the house, and the disciples said, what do you mean? Could I ask, are, are we in that third category? Are we in the category of people that really want to press into Jesus, preferably with others around who can hold us accountable? Are, are we in that group that passionately wants to understand what Jesus is saying to his church, but preeminently what Jesus is saying to me and those around me so that I can fulfill his purposes? See, the great thing, if you live in a culture where, uh, I mean, Taiwan has, and China have seen considerable growth in the church. We were with an ex-Malaysian minister of education who said he was a Christian. He'd met a government minister in China who said he reckoned there were 150 million believers in China today. We... we we live in contexts where the church is growing, certainly in certain nations. But the danger of big church growth, and frankly of me of working in a 10,000 people church, is you can exist without the issues in your life ever really being dealt with. And the value is to have people who can actually say, I think this is wrong. Now, if you want a very personal example, my wife doesn't like being with me in airports. I'm not going to tell you why, but it has to do with my bad attitude in airports <laughs> and the fact that I don't understand why people wander around blocking passageways with cell phones and shopping and doing ridiculous things like that when <laughs> the name of the game is to get out of here or onto the plane. But that's sin, actually, sometimes, particularly when you clip old ladies with your, <laughs> with your roller. <laughs> See, probably if my wife didn't say, I don't like being in airports with you, I wouldn't realize what a bad boy I am in airports. <laughs> I, I don't know what your airport is, but have someone who can speak into your life. Five questions. Five applications that take us from being scribes and Pharisees, not that we are, to being followers of Jesus. Let's pray together. Would you stand, please? Lord, we thank you that your word is active. Lord, speak into our hearts, Spirit of God. What is our message today? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it something we won't let go of, unforgiveness? Or is it the sweetness of the gospel, the changing gospel of Jesus Christ? What do people get when they meet us? Do they get our sob story? Or do they get the fact that you're everything to us? 
Lord, are there exceptions to your word where we say, I know this is wrong, but, well, I'm sure Jesus doesn't mind because I serve him so faithfully. Lord, in these areas, in these areas, is there anyone who can speak into my life? Who is it that you've put before me that if I invest in their life, they'll go on to great things in the kingdom? Lord, help us not to look at people like the Pharisees did, but to have your eyes as we look at people, we pray. Help us to deal with these issues, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in that place of reflection. Thank you, Ross. Let's just stay connected to the Lord. In, in a moment or two, um, parents, you will need to go and pick up little ones and there's coffee to drink and, and all of that. But I just, I just love us to um, continue just to allow a, a short space, as short as it may be, for the Lord to highlight what is our response. We can go out of here and say, great talk, love the speaker, or whatever, whatever. But I think we all know, actually, that the Lord is after our hearts. That message was all about our heart, ultimately. So let's just be, be still, be attentive, and invite the Lord into that deeper place. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, into that place that we call our hearts, that seat of will and longing and decision-making, our internal world. We thank you, Lord, so much that you don't bring a message of behavior modification just do better just try harder Lord it's your spirit who wants to bring not just a message but the very means by which our hearts get transformed and we welcome you in that place and we say more Lord more of you in more of us more of you in more of us fill up our hearts Lord touch our hearts soften our hearts we want to see more like you see, and to do that, we need hearts that are more like yours, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit of God, and continue your work of change and transformation, we pray. As ever, there's an opportunity to respond in a particular way for those who'd like to, which is to come to the front here and for have somebody just to be alongside you, put a hand on a shoulder and just pray see if there are specific things that God wants to say. If that's you and you know that it's you, don't delay. Just come, make your way forward. You just want to respond in a particular way. You want to bring that to the Lord. It might be nothing to do with today's message. It could be a need that you're carrying. It could be a place of desperation. Could be that uh, there's a physical condition that you'd love us to pray healing for. Just come and just make your way forward. This is always our practice. Just come. But as, if you don't need to head out of here quickly, I, I'm going to invite you to come uh, too for heart softening. I also want to say I believe that um, a sense of shame has got stirred in some today around some of these things and, and you're sort of regretting where you're, where you're at, where you're, the state of your heart and that can send us in a really rubbish direction into condemnation and that kind of thing. There's no condemnation in Jesus, none. 
He doesn't condemn us. He loves us. But he does want us to be free, and free of shame and free of a whole load of other things. So if that's you too, you want your heart freed up, then uh, I want to invite you to come forward because that's an encouragement from the Lord. Just make your way forward. Just come. Continue to wait on the Lord. Say, come, Holy Spirit. More of you, Lord. More of you in us. I think there's something about hunger too this morning. Not much happens without us wanting it to. So if you'd recognize that you want to be more hungry for change and transformation, you'd recognize that you want your heart to look a bit more like Jesus' heart so we see more like he does, act more like he does, then I want to encourage you to come and ask for that and for God to bless you with a greater hunger.